everybody doing all right this morning? Beautiful morning, awesome morning, man. Good to see everybody back. Um, as Ed, I kind of missed my cue. We we talked about it in two. I thought I was going to talk about it in the message, but then uh, we yeah. So I totally messed up on that one. So sorry about that. But I do want to promote uh, what's going on at the at the one. It's called the One Conference. I think we got a slide up there. Uh, if we've got that uh, toward the end, yeah. One Discipleship Conference, September 28th and 29th. We want to get as many folks as we can there. Like like the thing about it is is discipleship is the one of the uh, the vision that, that God has given us like it's the thing that Jesus commanded us to do in Matthew 28 uh, uh, 16 through 20 and it it is to go and make disciples baptize them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit and teach them to obey uh, everything he's commanded us to do and so that's what we do that's we take that very seriously uh, but no matter where you're at no matter if you are man I don't even know what really discipleship is or man I think uh I need to explore this a little bit, or if you've been actually in discipleship for a while, uh, this will be good for you. We have different tracks to go on and that kind of thing, so something for kind of an introduction to discipleship, the whys of discipleship, and then we can get into some of the nuts and bolts for people that have questions that are in discipleship, thinking about leading some stuff, uh, that kind of thing as well. And it is next Friday evening and Saturday morning, and so if you would want to uh, sign up for that, we want to get as many folks from our campus here to, that wants to go, um, I mean, I'd like to have more than any other campus. No, I'm kidding. But it's not a competition, but it kind of is. Now, what's that? Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow. Uh, sorry about that. Um, the times, I think it's 6. Uh, somebody grab me the time. It'll be 5.30? 5.30 to 9 on Friday, and then 8 o'clock, I think, till noon on Saturday. So, and dinner on Friday night is provided. Uh, breakfast on Saturday morning is provided, so those are those are kind of things, and it's just twenty bucks. Uh, who can get breakfast for twenty bucks for and, and dinner for twenty bucks a person, that kind of thing? But um, but the the cool thing is is that if you are some people, I've had a couple people come to me say, hey man, I'm struggling. I I really would love to go, but I don't have twenty bucks. No problem, we got you covered. Had several people come forward that they want to give scholarships, so we will take care care of that. But it really is discipleship, like a, like it's a whole conference dedicated to discipleship. The cool thing is, if you haven't heard, uh, our buddy, our homeboy, Chris Monine Moitz, is going to be back in the house, uh, coming back. I haven't seen him for a couple of weeks, so he's going to be, uh, if, you have, if you don't know Chris, you get to know Chris. Awesome, awesome, awesome guy. So, amen? Amen. Well, it's a cool thing. This is the, uh, and, and I think I've met everybody, but my name is Casey, just in case uh, anybody's forgotten me. I'm easily forgettable, uh, but uh, not true. No, you're not. It's cool, man. I love this family, man. We have had a good time this morning, man, goofing off and everything like that. And I just love, love, love coming to church here. And I really do love being here, love uh, seeing you know, all the faces that are here and, and the faces that are coming and that kind of thing. Uh, yesterday, if you didn't get a chance, man, if you didn't go to the Big Bull Creek Grand Opening, that was the bomb diggity, man. It was amazing. I, I, I mean, honestly, like I... You know, you hear about it, and everybody keeps talking about how great it's going to be, uh, that kind of thing. You know, we talked about, you know, we started a little over a year ago, the initiative called Will It Be Us? Um, I don't know if you've got the question mark handy or not. If you do, that's cool. But um, we've had, uh, we've got folks with bumper stickers, which is so cool to see around town, the question mark bump bumper stickers. And if you want one to put on your window or whatnot, uh, man, just, just to let somebody know, or we've got some at the back table. 
uh, when you leave. But man, one of the things that we talked about, we said three phases. We said people are going to be moving here. Uh, there's going to be a Dollar General that's going to be opening up, and Big Bull Creek's going to be uh, have a grand opening. And two out of three of those things have started to have already happened in the last year. And I had people coming to me going, "Oh yeah, well when I see a Dollar General open, and when I see Big Bull Creek, you know, open, that kind of thing." Well, they both just happened, and so it's kind of a kind of a neat thing. So the whole idea of will it be us is will it be us that reaches the people that are here reaches the people that are coming, those who are working here, those who are living here, those who are going to be working here, those who are going to be coming here. When Jesus, when God asks the, asks the question, uh, will, who will I send? And with the question that we've got to continue, will it be us that God uses to reach the people that God, God is sending? Because it's about to get a little crazy around here. Last week, we had our largest Sunday other than Easter for the entire year. Um, as far as numbers, why we had 274 people total um, for that for the Sunday, which is crazy, right? Um, the second service was knocked out, packed, right? It was awesome, uh, but it's just, it was just like this is this is this is crowded. This is something that's that's happening, and so we've got to be thinking long term about what we're going to do. So the Will It Be Us initiative is not going to go away anytime soon, amen. And so, um, but yeah, it, like who who all went to the Big Bull Creek? Got do do do. So Big Bull Creek Grand Opening, yeah, Pete was there, yep. So talk to one of those, uh, one of these folks here if you want to get some information to get to like, hey, what did you see? What was the, like it's got playgrounds that are like natural habitat playgrounds like you ain't never seen before. It's crazy, like sand and water fountains all at the same time, which is going to make kids really dirty, but it's so fun, right? I was like, baby, can I, can I, can I play in that? And Judy's like, no. Uh, can, I just, can I slide down the slides? No, come on, Casey, we got to go. You're going to make a fool of yourself. I was like, what? That happens every Sunday. Uh, and everybody's used to that. But, uh, but it was really fun, really cool to see what's going on. So let's get into the message if we could. If you guys, uh, guys are so inclined, I know uh, I love to talk about all the different things, but I also love more than anything to talk about Jesus and his word and all those uh, things that we get to do. Not what we have to do, we get to do. Amen? And so... Um, James, uh, we kind of talk about is the oldest of the New Testament letters, so we've talked about that last week. It was the first one chronologically written. Um, but one of the things that I'm fascinating about is, is and I love to kind of think about stories about what it was like for James, who is the brother of Jesus growing up, what it was like for him to grow up with Jesus. And I had somebody challenge me this morning, and probably some really cool times that it probably was kind of cool for for um, for you know to for James to be the brother of Jesus, I tend to go negative because who wants the perfect brother that never sins and never gets in trouble, right? Well, Jesus kind of got in trouble one time, and, and and if you read, and I mean, didn't really doesn't say he got punished or grounded or anything like that, but but if you remember in uh, in Luke two, the the entire family, and there were probably dozens and dozens of people that that went from Nazareth and traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover, and Jesus was among his family and. And he was in that, in that tribe, and so they go to Jerusalem. And then the entire clan leaves Jerusalem, but Jesus kind of hangs out at one of the temples. And so the, 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 the family is traveling for about a day, and they realize that Jesus is not with them. Now, a lot of people are like, how could they have done that? Well, when you got like 50 people in a crowd, you just assume, hey, Jesus is probably here somewhere, right? So I like the home alone situation where, you know, uh, G Joseph, Mary, James, and Jesus, a couple of sisters are all traveling, and then they leave without Jesus. There's a whole bunch of people traveling uh, together. So just kind of put that out of your mind. But, uh, but one of the things that you read in Luke 2 
is that, that G- they, they went back to Jerusalem after a day. And you can imagine mom freaking out. There's no cell phones. You can't text. Hey, have you seen Jesus? You, know, this is, you can't call you know, Amber Alerts or anything like that. Um, and so they're traveling back. I can't imagine the, the family freaking out. And James, probably being the brother of Jesus, probably born around this time, I don't think he was going, oh, yeah, man. I don't think he was having, I think he was probably a little worried about his brother, too. But then they got back to Jerusalem, and it took them three days to find this Jesus, right? Now, I can't imagine. I mean, they were probably like, hey, man, um, here's what we're going to do. Like, there's, uh, we all need to spread out, see if we can all find Jesus. And uh, here's what, what, like, at sunset, we're going to meet back at Hebrews Coffee Shop, right? right? Get it? Hebrews, got it? You want me to, should I call it? No. Maybe call it Holy Grounds or something like that. I don't know. We're going to meet back in here. We're going to be right back here at sunset, right? And so it took them three days to get to this thing. (laughs) So it took them three days to get to get to find Jesus. When they finally found him, he was blowing the uh, the guys in the temple's mind, the religious elite. It was he was teaching them. He was giving them concepts. It was blowing their minds. And so they went to him. They said, Jesus, what did you do? Why did you stay behind? And he said, well, you know, I have to, don't you know that I have to be about my father's business? Some translation, I have to be in my father's house or among my father's people, those kinds of things. And so, so they, they asked him to come back. He did. He has submitted. He, he, he obeyed. Well, I'm thinking about the trip back to, to Nazareth and what that was like for James. I bet James was looking at Jesus like, ooh, dude, you're going to get it, right? Ooh, mama, ooh, daddy's going to take his sandal off and whip you, son, man. You know, like that kind of no Minecraft for you, right? That's, uh, no Fortnite, you're, you're done, right? Mama's going to take your phone, everything, right? So it's just one of those things. So, But, you know, just thinking about those kinds of things. And even though like we talked about last week how, how Jesus was, uh, was raised in a family that probably didn't have the best reputation in town because of the fact that Mary got pregnant prior to her actually becoming officially Con, con, you know that the consummation of the marriage and, and that kind of thing that James had to grow up that with in that with some resentment. But I wanted to to read you Luke two fifty one through fifty two. I love this because he says when after they confronted like Jesus, why did you stay? And he didn't sin. He was about his father's business. He was in his father's house. He was with his father's people. And he said then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. Right. His mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and people. Now, I wanted to encourage you in that because even though Jesus probably grew up in a place and in a town where he didn't have a lot lot of great, his family didn't necessarily have a lot of great reputation based on what we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. But, But hear this, you know, and if you remember when Jesus went back to his hometown during his healing ministry and he couldn't perform any miracles. And do you remember why it was? You remember why it was? Unbelief, exactly. Lack of faith, absolutely. They're like, hey, that's the carpenter's son. What is he doing here? He's trying to put, putting hands on people. That's weird. And he couldn't do a whole lot there, right? Because there's this familiarity there. And I imagine there's probably some, some, you know, like, oh, that's the, that's the kid that grew up with the uh, adulterous mom, right? I mean, th- those kinds of things where you have to happen. But, but listen, to, let me repeat what he said in what, it's, what the word says in, in verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with people. 
And I love that because even though all the disadvantages of being in a small town, growing up poor, not having a reputation, probably being bullied and people saying all kinds of different things about your family, in spite of that, Jesus grew up in wisdom and stature among God and people. And, and so it, in essence, what it does, it takes away the excuses about, well, you know, I grew up this way or this was what I grew up in and this is the kind of town I grew up in and all these different things that happened and that's what happened and all that kind of stuff. You, you, you see where I mean on that? Like so many times we feel bound by our heritage, bound by our upbringing, bound by our circumstances, bound by all those kinds of things. And Jesus said, hey, you're in me and I'm in you. You can overcome all that stuff. Amen. Isn't that cool? I just love that. And I love that we get to be challenged, not by uh, some condemning, condemning kind of a perfect guy that we could never attribute. I mean, I get he's the standard. But, man, he's, he, he looks us at, 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 like in the eyes and he says, hey, come with me. I want to show you a better way. Make it without condemnation. He doesn't say, look what you did, man. You just screwed that up, man. Look at your past. Look at all this and everything like that. Because the world, that's what the world's bringing up right now. Things from way, way back. And it's, it's all just condemning, man. But Jesus is like, I don't condemn you. But go and sin no more. That's what he says, right? I've got something better for you. He goes, and I've given you that example of what it's like to grow up with all the kinds of disadvantages and yet still be growing in the wisdom among in stature and favor of God and with people. I love that example that Jesus gives. And so that probably furthered a little bit the, I would imagine, some resentment with James. Not that James didn't have some stature and favor. He may have, I don't know. But Jesus had it, right? And so to attain those kinds of things, then you know, he probably didn't get in a lot of trouble for being about his father's business although if he did he probably would have submitted to the grounding right because he's perfect so here's the th- couple of things that i want us to do is that kind of help set the tone a little bit for who james is and kind of some of the i want us to be picturing jesus i want to introduce people to the to the real jesus i want to see people like get to know him truly and fully and understand he knows everything about us and can sympathize with even our our weakest points and and point us in the right direction without condemnation but with great challenge and with great expectation from him everybody said amen a couple things i want us to uh, be thinking about actually uh, my buddy mark did a uh, steve walson did a great job on wednesday night um uh, helping us to under understand if you are interested in like diving we have this thing called diving deeper on wednesday night so if you're interested in going further into the scriptures diving truly deeper into the scriptures we have um uh, mark's going to be helping us again on wednesday night go through some things and he actually helped us this past week uh go through some things on how he approaches scripture because it's one of the one of the uh, great minds of our day if you will and i wanted to uh, but, but if you're interested in that and guys here's what you you, you should be interested in in getting to know the word more, getting to understand it more, so that we can know how to be obedient to the Lord. Amen? So, but, we, but some of the things he taught us and talked to us a little bit about was that whenever we read Scripture, we've got to understand a few things. We've got to understand kind of how to approach it. Under, like one of the things I've been harping on a whole bunch is that God wrote the Bible. God wrote it. Like, and yeah, he used guys to write it down and breathe the, the Scripture into the into the their minds and hearts as they wrote it absolutely but god wrote it and that's how we got to approach it this is the god's word 
to us. It's not just a, a great religious book about and good sayings and things like that. It's not uh, Buddhistic. Is that even a is that a right word? I don't know if Buddhistic is. I'm, it is now, but it's not. It's not just good religious sayings or good good wisdom. There is wisdom in it, absolutely. But it's not just some religious guide. It truly is the word of God. Uh, one other thing we want to look at is that whenever we're, we're reading is that context determines meaning. And I will say this, I won't uh, like try to approach it any deeper than this, but, but we want to see that every verse in Scripture is in context of all the other verses in Scripture. Because we can't just take one verse in Scripture and say, hey, I think I know what that means and apply it to our lives and try to live by those things. We've got to be very careful. Sometimes you can't, but those kinds of things are, are pretty rare because it really does mean something in context. Who is it being written to? What's all the things around it? What is the author talking about around it? That kind of thing. Um, also, the, the need to interpret is rare. It's rare to actually need to interpret the scriptures because a lot of times it says what it says, right? And so it's, uh, there are times, I mean, there might be some things in Revelation. It's like, I don't know what the, the seven-headed things are. I, you know, who knows what that is? Is it literal? Is it figurative? Those kinds of things. A lot of things like that, but, you know, ultimately the, the need to interpret a lot of times is absolutely rare. Um, here's where we want to also ask ourselves, what does God say in his word? What is he actually saying? So another thing we want to, uh, as a result of that, what does God want me to do? And when we approach the scriptures that way, so we say, okay, what's he saying here, and what does he want me to do about those things? It's not about, um, you know, we have all kinds of examples. It's not about trying to go deeply into all the different words which are important, but what's the crux of what Jesus wants me to do? Like, where is it? How can I pull out? Is there action I need to take? And then uh, finally with that, it says we've got to ask God for his power to do what he says because it goes, against, it goes naturally against just about everything that we, we think is, is, it comes naturally. The commands in Scripture are commanded against things that come naturally. Everything is, right? Because it's, it's natural to love yourself more than others. It's natural to be jealous. It's natural to want to steal. It's natural to commit adultery even in your heart, right? It's, those things are natural. It's unnatural to obey God and go against the flesh, right? And so, it's so the, we got to kind of be thinking through that. So we've got to take God's spirit, his Holy Spirit and his power to be able to uh, overcome some of the things that we're, we're, we're overcoming. And understand this. And this is, man, big time. Doing what God says is about a relationship and not rules. I want you to write this down. You do not have to, I do not have to do anything God says. Write it down. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to. We're in church. You're supposed to tell me I got to, right? Second thing I want you to write down. I get to do what God says in his word right? He's our dad. He's our, we're, we're royalty. We are inheritors of a kingdom, and we get to do the things he has asked us to do. It's not about having to and the set of rules and those kinds of things. There are things that the Holy Spirit may lay on you and say, hey, I don't want you watching this. I don't want you drinking that. I don't want you eating this, whatever that is. But there are things, guys, that we tend to say, oh, man, you know, I I can't do this anymore now that I'm a Christian or whatnot. And that may or may not be something. That's why it's important to read his word and let the Holy Spirit guide you in those kinds of things. Amen. James 1, a couple weeks ago, we talked about enduring trials, that they are considered those things pure joy, which is not even natural to our 
our, our, our regular thinking. Uh, we started talking about being doers of the word, not just, not just hearers of the word. James 2, we talked about last week, that works along with faith um, are important. And, and ultimately, that if you really have faith, that out of that are going to come going to come works it's not a, a, a works-based salvation but necessarily but it's a if you're saved if you're one of his that out of that will will flow some good works that will glorify glorify his name so we're up to james james three and so we'll get right into it if that's cool he goes um, and this one hurt me okay this very first thing verse one in, in james three hurt me a little bit he says not many of you should become teachers ow and some of you are like, amen. Oh, wait, wait, no, sir. Because not, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, knowing that we will receive a stricter judgment. I'm going to get to this in a second, but I want to I just read through this first. I want to tell you some things of why I approach teaching the way I approach it. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a mature man who is also able to control his own body. Now, when we put bits into the mouths of horses and make them obey, obey us, we also guide the whole animal. And consider ships, though a very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder. Words are important, right? And words mean something, and they can impact people in, in amazing ways. And he goes on to say, so too the tongue is a small part of the body. It boasts great things. Consider how large a forest a how large a forest, uh, a small fire ignites, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteous, the tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among the parts of our bodies. It pollutes the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and it's set on fire by hell. This is wow. So we got to be careful what we say. We have to be prudent in the things that we say to people, to in, in the way we honor uh, God and others, right? And he goes on to say. Actually, but let me let me stop there for a second. I want to just express to you that one of the reasons why I do what I do when it comes to teaching, because in context, he's saying, hey, look, you got to be careful with the things that you say uh, a couple of years ago. I, and I don't think like it wasn't conscious. I don't know what happened, um, but about half of the people heard me say a cuss word from the stage. And they, they, they approached me, like, man, do you know what you just said? I said, no, I didn't. And what was so? No, I did not. I did. not. Everybody says I did, but I. But it just like it just popped out, right? And so I had great grace and things like that. It just it happened one time, and it was weird. It was one of the one. It was one of the few. I almost listened to the recording. It was one of the few days that the recording actually didn't work for some reason. There was a glitch. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, Max! I want to find out. So, what's that? Grace, exactly right, exactly right. But it pops out. You guys gave me great grace, but man, it created quite a quite a stir, quite a fear. Like, woo, woo, you know. Like I like, and, and here's the thing as far as, but even beyond all that, like cussing and things like that, beyond all those kinds of things, man, the teaching of the word and the, t and the, and the helping people to understand the word, man, you got to take that seriously. I've heard people say, hey, man, I'd like to teach sometime, you know, and everything like that. And you, and you realize that, that sometimes they're just wanting to be noticed and recognized and stuff like that. But here's what God says is that, that a lot of us aren't supposed to be necessarily teachers. Because you're going to be held to a stricter standard of judgment. Man, that, that kind of scares me a little bit, you know. It's like, wait a second. Like, I, I know I'm called to pastor. I know I'm called to preach, those kinds of things. But, but you're, you're telling me that if I say something that does not jive with what you say in your word, then I'm going to be held to a stricter judgment. And God says, yep, that's exactly right. You better be ready. 
which is why, and this is where I approach this, that I do not know everything. I study, yes, I try my very best to understand this, but I encourage everybody in here to come to me after a service, if you disagree with me something, with something, and show me biblically where I'm wrong. I want you to do that. Do not be afraid to do that, amen? Because here's, here's what I want everybody to understand. I'd rather you come to me and me face you than me face Jesus and him go, dude, what were you thinking? Right? A- amen? I mean, that's, so, so be encouraged by that. You are, I, I do not, I'm not the expert of, of all the different things in the law. God's given me the, the calling to teach, absolutely the gifting, if you will, to, to teach. But, but don't ever feel like you can't because I'm the preacher or I'm the pastor that you can't come to me and says, hey, man, I think you're wrong in this. I've had several of you do that, and I will come. I promise you this. If you show me biblically, I'll come back the next week, and I'll correct myself. I promise you that. I'll do it the next service if there's another service after that. But I would rather face you than face Jesus and, and him go, hey, dude. Bro, what were you thinking? You know how many people you steered wrongly because of what you said, because you thought it was a good gimmick or all that. You know what I mean? Like, we don't want to be those kinds of teachers here. This is what James is is kind of talking about. So I want you to feel free. Now, I've had people come to me and says, I think you're wrong in this. And they will show, like, they'll try to try to tell me why I'm wrong. I said, can you show me scripturally, book, chapter, verse, whatever. And they'll say, oh, no, this is how I was taught. I'm like, well, I'm not always going to agree but if you can show me biblically and, and help me understand that, guys, I want to learn too, amen? Amen, I want to be one of those guys that doesn't, doesn't have the know-it-all kind of, a, kind of an approach. Is that cool? Is that fair? Is that a deal? that a deal? Awesome. Verse 7, we're almost done here. Every sea creature, reptile, bird, or animal is tamed and has been tamed by, and has been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison, man. This is our natural selves, right? <coughs> we praise our Lord and Father with it, and we, and, and we curse men who are made in God's likeness with it. Praising and cursing come out of the same mouth, my, my brothers. These things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a saltwater spring yield Fresh water, it's whatever's in us is going to be coming out, right? And if the Holy Spirit's in us, it's going to look a whole lot different than if he ain't. And it should, amen? Who is wise and has understanding among you? He should show his works by good conduct with wisdom's gentleness. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, oh man, don't brag and deny the truth. Such wisdom, and you should probably put this in quotation marks, such wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Wow, this is heavy. See, this is the thing he's talking about. This is the thing we tend to say, well, Dr. Phil, I'm not calling Dr. Phil demonic. I don't want the emails. I'm not saying that. But Dr. Phil said I should do this. Ooh, I watched Oprah. It was so awesome, right? So great. I've been watching since Merv Griffin was on, man. I, I get it. I get it. But our wisdom has got to come from God. 
And it can't be this selfish ambition. I had a conversation. I actually uh, had a conversation with somebody who had a conversation last week with someone who's saying, I'm just not being used. And rather than praising those who are being used, it was one of those, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this in the church, and nobody's using me, and nobody's wanting me, and nobody's this, and it's like, that's demonic. I'm going to call it out. And we did, right then. Hope this person comes back and hears more. But such wisdom does not come from above, but it's earthly and spiritual and demonic. Now, I'm not saying every time somebody wants to do something in the church, it's demonic. Don't hear that. But when they want to glorify themselves, he calls it out here, right? This is not something that was just, that's a new thing. This was happening a couple thousand years ago. Verse 17, but, everybody say but. But the wisdom from above is first pure, pure, undefiled, right? Then peace-loving. We want to get along with people, absolutely. We want people to get along with God, ultimately. Gentle. Wow. This is a heart check for some of you. Are we this way? Compliant. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, compliant? What if I don't like something? Might not like the music, which I can't imagine. Might not like the preaching, which I can't imagine. Go, 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 you preach good. You're just saying that. Full of mercy. And good fruits. Without favoritism and hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. And everybody said, wow, what a, what a great passage that we get to enjoy and live by. This is simple. I want you to understand. This whole Jesus following thing, real simple. The hardest thing you'll ever do. It's 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 difficult because it goes against everything that we think is right and we think is correct. Because the whole world's telling us one thing, and Jesus is like, man, I don't know. You probably need to go this way. In fact, it's one of my commands, right? That's why discipleship is so difficult, because we teach people to be obedient, not compliant, or not, un- not in compliant with, with things, not compliant with the world, if you will. Teach people to be obedient to God. And it goes against everything that comes naturally to them. It goes against everything that's in the world telling them. And so, Father, we just love you. And here's what we're asking. We ask that your your Holy Spirit, your supernatural self, consumes this place, everybody in this place, individually and collectively as a body of believers. I think everybody in here calls New City Church home. And so, Lord, we just ask that when you say and you ask the question, will it be us, we're not just talking about 
going and doing good works for the community. It is about reaching people, setting the example that you set in our hearts, sowing peace among people, doing good works, not so that we'll be noticed, but so that your, 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 your name will be glorified, Lord. And as we do things and continue to do things in the community, Lord, may you guide us and go before us and reach the people before we even knock on their door. We love you, Father. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Everybody said, amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to go ahead and come on forward as we're finishing up our service here. Uh, here's what I want us to be thinking about. I'm going to postpone one more week for us to go door to door. Had some things come up this week. Forgot to say that. I apologize. Not this week, not this Tuesday. A week from this Tuesday, I want you guys to put down if you're interested in going door to door with us and reaching some folks. Now, here's what we're not going to do. Knock, knock, knock. Or we're not going to say, ding dong, because I got in trouble for saying that. But when we start talking about thinking about going door to door, we're going to ask people, what do you love about our city? What do you want to see different? And how can we at New City Church help? Because when we did that four years ago, we were still getting tweets from people. You knocked at my door like a while back. And sometimes it's a crisis that comes in their life and they want to reach back out. But there have been a whole lot of folks come to know Jesus when we start doing those kinds of things. It sounds crazy, but it is. So if you're interested in that mission or if you're interested in that ministry, put that down door to door on your bulletin. Other thing going on today that I forgot to mention, so many things going on. We could sit here and talk and talk and talk. But this afternoon, if you're interested, <laughs> he's talking like, I'm tired holding these buckets. <laughs> If you're interested in going over to the Loma Vista campus this afternoon, starting at 3 o'clock, you can, we're going to be working until sundown probably. Um, got some folks from over there that are going to be, I'm going to be meeting for the first time. I can't wait. And we're going to be doing some crazy stuff like pulling bushes out and uh, doing some cleanup around there, just some, some real cool destruction. And we may do some cleanup as well. But if you're interested in getting to know Christ, Tim and Megan and those, that whole crew that's going to rock the world for Jesus over there, um, 87th and Blue Ridge at 3 o'clock. And so let me pray for the offering and we'll worship and be dismissed. But Father, we love you. And we thank you for, man, wow. This has been fun this morning. We have had a blast. But Lord, it's also uh, a serious thing that you've called us to be. We get to celebrate, yes, and we get to work, yes, for you, with you, in you, and you and us. And so, Lord, uh, several things going on. We thank you for the growth of our town. We thank you for the Dollar General. We ask that you bless abundantly the owners of that franchise. Lord, we ask that you bless those who have brought an amazing, creative, fun, Big Bull Creek Park to our city. 
Lord, we ask that you bless those who are about to build in this city. May you prosper as we prosper here. With you, in you, and for you. And may you take this offering, God. And may you put it to your use. And may you reach your people with it. And may you bless it and multiply it and keep us out of the way and how to spend it. It's in your son's amazing name that we pray. With some enthusiasm, everybody in the house said, Amen. Amen.